Well, the vandals who invest in the cable packages, and we would show up, and you know, we would want to make a name for ourselves. Now we're on the other end where we're saying, you know, where's Pocatello? How do we get to Bozeman? Not so fast, my friend. Welcome back, Tribe from the North, Brave and Bold, to the official, unofficial podcast of your Idaho Vandals. I'm your host, Chris, and with me today, as always, is TJ. Hey, Vandals. And uh, we'll have a special guest on later from the Montana Mint, Hot Take Nate. Some of you might remember him. He'll be joining us for the Montana State Breakdown. Uh, you can find the Tubbs at the Club podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and of course, TubbsAtTheClub.com. Reminder, all comments and opinions are owned by the individual and do not represent Tubbs at the Club as a whole. We are officially on episode 11. This will be airing to you October 11th. Um, I know, 11, 11. It's kind of fun. What's just power through the reading of the Argonaut before we get to the stuff that I'm sure everybody is waiting for. Vandal football. Reading the Argonaut soccer last week. A big win, 1-0 over Eastern Washington. That puts them at fourth place in the Big Sky standings. This week, Friday, we got our first shot back at Idaho State. Redemption. Redemption. Go take it to Idaho State. Anyways, we got the Bengals on Friday, and then Sunday we are at Weber State. So go to the Dome. Let's go let the Bengals know we're ready for them next year in football. Uh, Volleyball last week. Two wins, win 3-1 versus Sac State in Memorial Gym, and 3-0 against the Portland State Vikings uh, in Memorial Gym as well. That puts them tied for second place in the big sky. Way to go, girls. This week, Thursday, which is today if you're listening, they are starting off this Montana State game right. They will be in Bozeman playing the the Bobcats. So if you're in town a little early, pop over to their gym and go root on the girls. Uh, Saturday, they then are making their way back to Moscow as they make a little pit stop in Missoula to play the Grizz. Women's golf. They went to the Ron Moore Women's Intercollegiate last weekend and placed 13th. And they've done so well so early that we decided to give them a break this week. They'll be back next week, though. Men's golf, top three finish. They placed third at the Jackrabbit Invitational in Nebraska. Football, we are no longer listening to the Hero Sports Bennett ranking, which is a computer ranking, which is exactly why the BCS does not exist anymore. It is is some strange standings. Yeah, they actually have Idaho State at number four right now. So looks better for us. looks better for us. (laughs) FCS, we will now be using FCS stats um, for our new top 25 ranker that is kind of the version of the ap poll for those of you that are familiar with fbs football as we all are but and it uh, helps us out with this show too yeah Thank it you does there yeah and it, it'll be a lot more clear and a lot less up and down jumps mm-hmm. as as we were seeing in the uh the previous ranking system um, but now it's time 62 to 28 idaho state not good not good at all tj what are you what are your takeaways i'm frustrated and kind of disappointed more than anything it's something that I touched on last week is these are the games that we have to get up and get fired up for, and it really seems like we had no spark whatsoever. Yes, we did go, you know, start the the game with an opening drive that scored. We did do some things well, but it, the overall game just seemed like they absolutely wanted it more. Um, we did have some highlights in our running game and, you know, up front with our defense. But overall, it seemed like our players were not ready to, you know, show up to this game and, and actually put up a fight. A lot of the a lot of the things that showed was in our secondary. Um, obviously, their their throwing numbers were through the roof. Geller threw for 490 two yards this game and that was strictly out of who wanted it more it wasn't that we were 
you know, yes, we are some out of, out of coverage some plays, but it really seemed like they were going up and getting for the ball because they wanted it more. And that really showed on defense, but it kind of fell over to offense on the same side. We weren't really sure which – obviously, which quarterback is still a question up in the air for what situation. We need to get pumped up for this game, and I don't know what it's going to take, either from Petrino, from the seniors, from the players themselves, to get fired up for these big sky games. But it's really frustrating to watch this stuff when – you know, these are teams that we can beat. We should go down and, you know, have fun and, and enjoy beating, but we're not. We're we're on the latter side of, you know, looking up at them as they run up the score against us. So, yeah, kind of not, not happy. Yeah, and so this kind of reflects – I've gotten some discussions with people about this online, in person, at the Kiwi Dome. But for the last – since we've made this announcement to the FCS – uh, I, I've brought it up here on the on the podcast a couple times, but just a refresher. I was adamantly against it, very against it. I I hated it. I hated everything about it. I really thought I was going to be part of the, part of the boycott. Ironic. Now look at me. I'm hosting the the official unofficial podcast of your Idaho Vandals. I was not happy. I thought it was a joke, and my whole reasoning being was, I I don't think our problems were competition level. I thought our problems was, you know, systematic institutional issues. I think there's something wrong with our athletic department and how we've handled football since the original jump. And I think it shows no more so than how this season started. You know, a lot of the people that were pro Big Sky, maybe not the biggest, you know, football followers or whatever, they were big on, you know, we're going to drop down. We'll be able to compete. We'll be able to wipe the floor with these guys. And I was saying, look, yeah, maybe on talent level it looks like that. But right now there's some kind of issue, and I thought Petrino would be able to hit it on the head and fix it, especially in 2016 after this announcement was there. But it looks like it's still there. And it's just this problem has a – or this program has a problem of a loser's mentality. I don't know if it's apathy or what, but it's just really showing in the way that – I said, worst case scenario is we start losing these games. How interested is everyone going to be? Everyone always said, well, I'm way more interested for us to play Montana and Montana State and Eastern than I am Louisiana Monroe and whatever else, you know, Appalachian State. You know, at the, at the same time, here we are with uh, we're starting to lose to these teams that are directional. You know, you could consider the the lower end of the Sun Belt that we were playing before. So we're losing the teams no one cares about, and the Dome starting to look half empty mm-hmm. but the the game was just more it started out how we wanted it to right yeah, a really good it, start like, i thought Petrino was... would, i mean not only did he score when he scored he was like Fired let's freaking go i'm ready to rumble put me in coach put the ball in my hand and we're gonna we're gonna score a touchdown and mm-hmm. and he did and i was just like everybody else when he came out i was kind of like oh, i don't like how mason's starting but you know we we Killed him on defense early. We, I think it was a three and out. We just mm-hmm. stuck it to him, got the ball back, and things looked great. We went down and scored. I mean, you could tell they were fired up with the with the dark entrance and the blacked out helmets and the the like. They Idaho it. State wanted it, and I feel like those first two possessions we really put it in their head that they might not have been ready for this game. Yeah, I started to see their confidence start to leave Holt Arena, and then you know it's just one big play from the Geller brothers and yeah, and that's that's like what you said is on paper this should be our game but Caden Caden Ellis was bigger than anybody on the field but in the big sky it's completely different I mean they not only did his brother Mitch Geller you know have 184 yards but they had a a, you know a redshirt freshman and I think a true freshman in Dean and Horton that you know had more yards than our almost our whole total team put together and those are just guys that are excited to go play against University of Idaho. I think one, um, Horton, I believe, was from Boise. I'm not quite sure on that. 
But you know that's that's a, a geographically rival game that they know who Idaho is. A lot of these Idaho players are from California or you know the South, yeah. and they don't understand what this game is compared to these guys in the big sky that want to knock us out. Yeah, and I, I kind of thought of this too the other day. I was saying like when you looked at the roster, they had like something like thirty six Idaho players on the roster or something, and I was like maybe we need to do you know that's the m- big sky thing is we need to recruit more regional guys because mm-hmm. they'll have that. This game means something to me. Some mm-hmm. one of these recruits we've gotten from Florida. Or Alabama or Mississippi, they don't care about right. Southern Utah or Cal Poly, Cal right. Davis. And I think that's kind of what I'm seeing show. But then I thought about it. Look at like our last unsuccessful quarterback strands. Mm-hmm. Our best guy was from Michigan. Yes, he has Idaho ties, but Michigan. Right. Chad Challenge did not work out. Quarterly Idaho. Gunnar Amos, Quarterly Idaho did not work out. Now we're sitting here with Mason Petrino, Pullman. Um, some people are losing faith in Colton. That's Lewiston. We, we you know, we recruited Podratsky. Um So we we brought in some of these local guys, and may, I don't know, it doesn't work for us. But then you look at Idaho State, and these Keller guys are from Rochester, Washington. Yeah. And obviously, the mouth-breathing dummy is from Prosser in Washington, and he worked out down south. And you have Gresh Jensen, who worked over at Montana last year, and he was a Washington guy, and. Uh, you know, we they, we even had Jake Luton, and we let him slip through our fingers. I, for whatever reason, when we recruit regionally, the guys that you should be able to stay and be good and mm-hmm. care it just haven't seemed to work out. Where we go get Matt Linehan, who hasn't been recruited by for football by anybody else but us, thought he was going to go play basketball. We get a scholarship to him. Guy out of Michigan comes in, takes us to a bowl game, and arguably had everybody thinking we were on the right track there for a little bit. So I don't know what the balance is. Um, you know, that's why we're hoping that Petrino earns the highest paid m- coach moniker in, in the FCS. And, yeah, and I don't know who to, who to fire up. I mean, yes, the defense was on the field for a lot of the times. We also punted, you know, double the amount of times that they did. And it wasn't because our – Offensive drive stalled. You know, we had the right players. I mean, Isaiah Saunders and Ty Walker, they looked like they were, you know, trying to carry the whole team on their back. And they also played great. And for some reason, we kind of, you know, ducked away from them a little bit. And I get what the situation and the score and everything like that. But, you know, it's too bad that it falls on a team loss because it seems like that when there was still some highlights in there offensively that we should have, you know, kind of kept going to. Yeah, and, you know, it would – God, you could just tell how much more Idaho State wanted it. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I don't take this loss as as bad um, because Idaho has gotten this really dumb luck. I, I know a lot of people are saying sell the ship, but, it, like, you know, we're, we're going down, get the lifeboats. But if you look right now, Idaho State is considered a top 25 team. UC Davis is a top 20 team, but mm-hmm. everyone that knows anything on the West Coast is literally saying the only reason they're not higher is people on the East Coast. It's the old Oregon, USC, Washington thing. Until you them. start actually winning in primetime, big-time games, yeah. people just don't really move you up much because they're not staying up to watch. UC Davis is probably a top 10 team. Yeah, they are talented. And Idaho State is getting a lot of nods of being a really good team. We mm-hmm. just happened this year, unfortunately, you guys – to run into a buzzsaw of two of the biggest surprise teams in the Big Sky and Portland State, it looked bad when we, you know, lost to them or when we snuck by with a win. Yeah. Well, Montana State didn't do much better than us against Portland State, let alone they were away and we were home. But then Portland State went up and beat Montana on homecoming yeah, in Wa- Washington Grizz. Yeah. So I mean, Portland State might not be as bad as we thought they were. Yeah. 
So we'll see. We have a really weird schedule this year in the Big Sky, and it's really showing. And we're getting everybody's best shot, and that's just the fact of the matter. Is everybody wants to beat us? Exactly. Because we're we're the big dogs coming down, and you know what? Right now they're putting us in our place. And, and it's something that everyone told us at the start was, hey, you know, everyone that plays you this first year wants to take their shot at you. You know, this yeah. is their opportunity to play these guys, or you know. We're an extra FBS team on their so schedule. called FBS players, but yeah, they're really showing it, and our guys are not ready for it, which is unfortunate because they should be, and I wish it was different. But I do think that people will be pleasantly surprised listening to this podcast at your review of this game because I like the positive outlook that's coming from yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I don't remember exactly what I predicted the score to be last week, but I thought it was going to be close, and, you know, that was my heart talking. I, I think in my head, I, I did see this one possibly going to Idaho State. Mm-hmm. It's not like UC Davis where I knew they had played all right. I thought we would be able to still come in and beat them. Yeah. This one, I, I kind of saw it coming. Yes, the, the beat down absolutely, you know, was not what I expected. But you know that's what you know. Tub token right now. Yeah. To podcast being on Tuesdays. There you go. Because you know what, I did have a different opinion Saturday night, and I had a kind of a changing opinion on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I had Monday to sit down, write the script for the podcast. Tuesday to sit down and just really figure out what I was going to say. And you know, I was never really upset about this one. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, am I mad that we lost? Yes. Am I that surprised? No. And I'm sure at the time there, you know, Vandal fans were thinking the exact same. And what? did frustrate me a little bit was I heard a little bit on the broadcast that Idaho Vandal fans were kind of possibly booing their own team, you know, for either dropping well, passes, making the bad plays. To be fair, this team might need some boos. Come on, though. you guys. Do not do that to those players. That's ridiculous. Like, uh, and I, I get... I don't know if it's at an individual player. I viewed the boos as more of a... Look, you wanted us to come out to your games. Yeah. Most of the people there were probably not big, big sky proponents. Yeah. They're, they're the people that live in Boise. They wanted us to be still fighting with Boise State. And they go, screw it. I'll go to Idaho State and watch us get a big time win. They probably don't listen to the podcast. They probably didn't hear that Idaho State is really good. They should have. They should. Mm-hmm. And hopefully someone points out and goes, see, these guys told you last week this was going to be a backyard brawl. They'll keep even. And you know what? You just got to wake up to the fact that Idaho State wants us to be a rival, mm-hmm. and they were going to give us everything they want. Yeah. We still hold the series lead 28-22, or 28-12. Things, things are not as bad as they could be. You know, Idaho State just outplayed us. And I'm sorry. No one's going to have a game the rest of the year like Tanner Geller had against us. Mm-hmm. 492 yards and eight touchdowns, no interceptions. It's just, it's just not going to happen again. So hold your head high in the fact that we got that one out of the way. It sucks it was against Idaho State, but that kid is good. And I've been saying that since the Big Sky podcast preview when I was actually bagging on Idaho State, not knowing how good they're going to be. I did say, but those Geller kids can play. And so, you know, I stand by that. And that is something to step up from. You know, we can't lose a fight like that either. I mean, a lot of it in the secondary was, you know, balls up in the air that we did not even try to come down with or try and make a play on. They kind of just torched us in that secondary. Um, but, yeah, like I said, there were some bright spots, and there's there's still room for improvement, so that's always good. All right, TJ, I know you hate it. I, I know it's one of your least favorite things to do on the podcast, but we'd be remiss if we don't bring up the quarterback competition. Yes. It's over. It has to be over. I believe, yeah. I believe Can it, you give me one valid argument? I believe it is over for the, the starting quarterback. I, I believe it is over for the starting position to go to Colton. But I do not think that's, you know, I don't think this is any reason to not play Mason at quarterback for certain, certain situations. 
I mean, that opening drive, I was very confident. I agree. In him he leading play our some team. Wildcat. And, 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 and the plays they called for him are the right plays. He has his set series of plays that could be run or passed. You're not quite sure. And who knows where they could use it down the field. They obviously don't need it on first first down, second down, third down. They don't need to do him a, ser- you know, a, a, dr- a series of drive. Use him in certain situations where it's going to throw off the, the defense could be a run, could be, you know, a 20-yard pass downfield. Him in the red zone, I think, is is a little bit better than Colton because I think Colton needs that space, you know, to throw the deep ball and, and have somebody go up and get it, whereas Mason's shifty. He can kind of read defenses and find that gap. I just think uh, Sean actually tweeted out during the game a, a great snap at, at statistics, but Colton finished the game 13 for 20 for 191 yards, two touchdowns, and a, to be fair, a bad interception. Yeah. Uh, and then Mason Petrino, 11 for 22, 81 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. A lot of that was late in the game. I think at one point he had 40 yards. Uh, it just, he's not averaging enough per throw to be playing a quarterback. Mm-hmm. It, it's not that he's not a good athlete. Honestly, I think five sweeps, anything where we're passing the ball, is where he's going to benefit the team more at this point. The fact that most people know that he started as a quarterback during some point during the season. I just... I just don't see him being a quarterback right now. And I think the way Colton has looked, he, he has more yards. His arm, his balls are just it, – it just shows when he throws. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not even just the numbers. If you watch the game film, you cannot tell me that Colton's balls are just crisper, more – the only thing he struggles with is his accuracy. Yeah, and – He can get the ball in the small windows. He can get it downfield. I, I did see one point Mason actually attempted a deep pass, and I was like, holy mackerel, you know? Mm-hmm. Didn't work out, and Colton can connect on those I think without the wide receiver doing too much of the work. Yeah, and I think with, I think the big thing is to do the percentage of plays. Yes, he should be the starting quarterback, but Mason should also have those – you know, that series of play or that certain situation – that he can come in and he has his his certain plays that you know work for him. That read option that he ran into the the end zone, obviously he you know broke broke kind of a light tackle, but still threw the whole defense off and that whole drive too. I'm just getting to the point now, you know, where I'm I know I'm saying it, but I'm like actually straight up serious now. I think it's time to get in a kill in the air, at least practicing. Mm-hmm. And like it's not even like a prideful thing anymore. It's just the fact that look, somebody needs to go out there and light a spark. The two guys you have going right now, they show glimpses of it. Guy who can like can really get this team going right now. And I'm not saying he's the answer. I'm just saying at this point he deserves a shot. And maybe just throwing him in some first reps at practice will get Mason and Colton to go, oh crap, like, dude, we need to figure this out. It's not you and me versus each other anymore. This guy who has – because they – from everything we've been told, Colton and Mason have good rapport with each other. Mm-hmm. They're actually, like, pretty good friends. If you throw someone in the mix that maybe isn't in that buddy-buddy that situation, these guys might actually start to push each other and say, like, hey, don't worry about it, man. You got it next time. I'd be like, hey, look, you need to hit him on – I don't know, something. Mm-hmm. But right now we need something because Montana State's not going to be easy. That sounds like a transition, but we're not quite right done there. with this yet. TJ, yeah, yeah. Yeah, any more points you want to brush up on this game? No, I like I like that coverage that we had there. I mean, yeah, I'm, it was a pretty long-winded version of you know it, it's like when your parents. What's what is the absolute thing that can happen to you if if you get in trouble with your parents? It's it's the, I'm disappointed. Mm-hmm. It, it's not we're not angry. We're we're just disappointed in how that game played out. Right. Like, I am not on here. I don't have a big, long-winded rant about anything. In fact, I'm probably the calmest I've been after a loss in a long time. Thank you. It, it's just because 
I, like I said, I'm just kind of disappointed. I, I thought we had a shot to win this one. I thought we might lose. It was a very 50-50 toss-up for me, and it's just how we just showed up. It's like it reiterated everything I thought, like I mentioned earlier, with the whole FBS, FCS dropped it. it it's not a talent thing. It's it's a mentality issue, and, you know, I'm still holding out that Paul can write the ship. For the way he's getting paid, he should be the guy that writes the ship. Club card players of the game, TJ. On, on to my favorite segment. No, yeah, who, who are you giving a club card theoretical day to? Um, and we, we've talked about this. I, I think we're now going to do, what were you saying, a, a, a golden tub with popcorn in it? No, we were going to do a, a turnover tub like, oh, okay. for, like, during the game. I like that. Too. Yeah, we don't have a physical gold tub we're going to be passing around. Be, we could, know, we could, but we need a sponsor before we can get right. a gold tub. Uh, my club card play of the game um, goes with the running backs, but uh, Ty Walker in himself. Um, you could really tell that this guy was fired up to play he got hit and i wonder what you know yards after contact for him was but every time he got hit or tried to get tackled he'd still spin for two or three more yards he ended up with 89 yards and and one really hard fought touchdown that he you know broke a couple tackles in but that's what i really love to see is guys you know fighting till the end of the play and, and giving everything they got to uh try and get a win for the vandal see this is what happens when you don't compare show notes mm-hmm. uh i i was gonna do tyrese walker as well but i do have some backups one warrior Noel. i see you on the stat sheet i'm excited for him to play just name and everything i want to say isaiah saunders but we covered a running back our running backs were great but when the passing game did get going. David Unger was the guy. Yep. David Unger, 10 receptions, 11 yards, averaged 11.1 yards a catch. You know what? You're getting my, my corner club, club card day, player of the game, yep. whatever the official long-witted name for this is. And, uh, you know, you did all right on kick returns and punt returns as well. And, um, you know, all around, just a really good guy. And if, when I watch the game, I feel like he's one of the few guys that has the right attitude. He he doesn't have the problem where I'm saying where some of these guys just aren't waking up for these games. Right. I, I see David. I see both the the Ellis's, mm-hmm. um, Ty Graham, to name a few guys that obviously show, like, yo, we're here to play. Uh, C- uh, Cottrell Haywood. There, there are some guys you just see in the way they're playing that look like like we said, that, that want to be there. And, right. you know, they just want to play football. And reason you, and it sounds like Petrino's looking for guys that are practicing hard. And that's probably why um, Walker got the carries he did this week. Because, honestly, I would have had him pegged at fourth on the depth chart going into the game. And so, I wish they gave it to him more. It seemed like they and had they a might, couple uh, more opportunities to... I mean, he averaged 6.4 yards a carry. Yeah. Isaiah Saunders averaged 7.6. But, I mean, his touchdown run was, was great. It was, mm-hmm. it was good. So... Time to move on from Idaho State and, and preview this week's opponent, TJ. I'm excited. The Montana State Bobcats on their homecoming after a bye week. Kickoff is 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 2 p.m. Mountain Time. You can find the game broadcast on Root Sports. So our first Root Sports broadcast of the season, which is awesome. I know a lot of people are super excited about. And it's uh, played at Bobcat Stadium. Bobcat Stadium can hold up to 20,767 fans. It's the highest altitude we've played so far this year at 4,940 feet above sea level. That's up there. (laughs) Bobcats have been good. Uh, A lot better than a lot of people that haven't followed the Big Sky since we left. Uh, Back when they were not considered very great, they were a top 
five team for like three years in a row with Rob Ash, and you know now they're sitting here on the verge of third season with Jeff Choate, a St. Mary's Idaho guy, coached at Boise State and other places, and they're looking like they're going to have a, a pretty good season here. It's one of the top five venues in all of FCS, so it should be fun. And, and to help us break this in, I actually had a conversation with our special guest, Hot Take Nate, to uh, to ring it in from his point of view. TJ and I will be back after the conversation I have with Nate. All right, moving on past Idaho State, we've got a special guest with us. We got Hot Take Nate from the Montana Mint. Some of you listeners from the beginning of the podcast might remember he and Montana Parlay helped us break down the big sky before the season started, and we've got him back on here. And refresher for all our new listeners on kind of what the Montana Mint is. Got some questions for you, and we'll break down the Montana State game. Sounds good. Yeah, Montana Mint. So we just uh, – we're everything Montana – uh, started out as mostly just news and kind of random stuff from around the state, and we kind of spread it into uh, sports, which is mostly what we're heavy on right now is uh, Montana State, Montana, and we have a, um, a weekly podcast, the Montana Mint Sports Podcast, uh, that you can find uh, on all those places you find your podcasts. And also we had uh, a couple of our guys break off and start a Grizz fan podcast uh, over in Missoula. So we actually have that one uh, going on this year. I'm definitely not on that one, but uh, they do a pretty good job of breaking down Montana. Well, you're, you're not on that one because if I'm correct, that's the JV podcast. Correct? That's You're right. You do listen. I appreciate that. Yeah, they are definitely the JV podcast. It's their first year. It's kind of like the freshman team. So they're, they're doing okay, though. Well, yeah, the podcast well, is. That leads down to my, my first question for you. It has nothing really to do with Montana State or Idaho, but at the same time, it has everything to do with Montana State and Idaho. Montana losing to Portland State, yeah. probably the worst team in the big sky. I know you hate Montana about as much as I hate Boise State. So yep. how about how about a little insight on your, your point of view, maybe a, a little gloating or what you saw oh, what yeah. it might mean for the Grizz? Uh, well, it, like you said, it means everything to Montana State fans. So it couldn't have happened on a better weekend. Montana State was on a bye. So all eyes in the state were on Montana. Portland State comes in there. They're probably a 20-some point underdog, and they get that win at Washington Grizzly Stadium. I was watching it uh, on Pluto. Obviously, wasn't at the game. And when, he, when uh, Portland State hit the field goal to win it, I jumped up. I was screaming. I was yelling just like the Cats had won the national championship or something. But it was huge. It was amazing uh, to see Portland State go in there on homecoming and just ruin the weekend for all Grizz fans. So um, I'm 100% for it. It was amazing. I don't cheer for Montana. When they're not playing Montana State, some people do. I'm not one of them. So uh, it was amazing. It was a great sports weekend for me. But the Cats didn't lose and the Grizz lost. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's what we keep saying. The Idaho State loss isn't as bad because Boise State lost as well. So sometimes yeah. there's, there's silver linings. And that's why yeah. I say it's the best is because we were on a bye. Everybody was watching them. They couldn't deflect anything. Like if we would have lo- we, we lost to a team this week, uh, they could have kind of deflected to that. But yeah, it was just all eyes on them, and they couldn't get it done. Right, and couldn't have happened against the worst. That's team, the, so. and that's probably the best part too. Is that yeah, Idaho already knocked them off, we knocked them off, and the Grizz couldn't do it at home. It was amazing. Yeah, it gives us a little hope for for our game against them later in the year. But uh, speaking of hope, we got a big one this week. It's, yeah, uh, your guys' homecoming. Yeah, so I hope the same thing doesn't happen <laughs> that happened yeah, to the Grizz. Yeah. Why well, hope? Yeah, that's I true. Right now, Montana school is not looking not looking very good at homecoming. But yeah, we're, we're coming in your guys' place. Arguably, you know, top five venue in all of the FCS. Uh, fans are going to be rowdy as they always are, if, as if they needed any any extra motivation for this game. But you know, Idaho's got a weird weird chip on their shoulder. We're kind of the the guys who moved down that uh, thought we were going to run through the league, and 
you know, the big sky is making sure that everyone along the way is letting us know we're, we're right where we belong. <laughs> uh, and Montana State, maybe more so with the, uh, you know, the matchup against, against you guys back in 2016 in our, yeah. our bowl season. We only snuck out with a, a really close win, at least three points against you guys. So, yes. Uh, kind of, what, what's your biggest difference you think this year between this year's team and the 2016 team we saw in the Kibbe Dome? The, t- the, the 2016 team, that was Choate's first year, so those were none of his guys uh, that he had on that squad. Uh, we had uh, Tyler Brugman was a drop-down quarterback. So Prukop, Dakota Prukop, uh, was our quarterback. He would have been a senior that year going into that game. He transferred to Oregon, grad- graduate transfer rule, so we had to bring in a drop-down quarterback, Tyler Brugman. He had no reps uh, you know, at, in the FCS level. He had been at a JUCO or two. And so coming into that game, he really didn't know what we had. And we, we kind of saw in that game what we had. He didn't. He started maybe two or three other games after that. So coming into this year, this is Choate's team. This is his, his third season with Montana State. It, it's his style. It's his, it's his team. And, and so I think it's, it's a way different team for sure, as I'm sure Idaho is as well. But uh, I'm really looking forward to it because it was a very close game uh, a, a couple of years back. Yeah, and uh... – you know, it's kind of interesting because, you know, a lot a lot of Vandal fans that do remember that game, like you said, there, there's a lot of offensive struggles on the Bobcat side. But one thing that everybody remembers is that, that young quarterback you guys played, Chris Murray. Yes. Uh, with a lot of people might, hopefully they're aware, they're, you know, following the big sky. But Chris Murray is not even an option at quarterback for you guys this year. He's uh, taking some time, like our, our third-string guy, Dylan Lemley, to, to focus on some academics. But right now you got – a couple guys battling out for the job. Troy Anderson, who is, I guess, the Idaho equivalent would be, imagine if we put Caden Ellison at quarterback. He's uh, <laughs> recruited as a linebacker, then played running back for you guys, and now is throwing the rock. And yes. then uh, Tucker Rovig, who I believe is an Idaho guy, correct? He is, yes. So uh, any, any ideas on, one, who you think is going to start, and two, uh, who, who you hope starts? So I'll start with – who I hope starts, I'll start with that, is uh, Rovig. So uh, he came out. So Anderson broke his hand in the first game of the year against Western Illinois. He was out for the next two. Rovig came in and got whooped by South Dakota State, which was a tough spot to make his first start against now the number two team in the country. Uh, And then he came back against Wagner at home. Wagner's not good. They're worse than Portland State if you're looking at the Saturn rankings and everything. Uh, and had a great game, but then we got Anderson back, so we never got to see what Rovig was made of. And so uh, he got some confidence. He looked like the real deal. Anderson has come out and got two wins in a row. Portland's or one win. I'm sorry, he got the win at Portland State, and then uh, we kind of got manhandled by Eastern, and they took away Anderson's running game, which is where we became so one dimensional that. And that's where it comes back to my point. I hope it's Rovig, a guy who can throw the ball. We can put Anderson at running back and kind of have a little bit of a chance to, to open up the game plan. Um, so that's who I hope starts is Rovig, so that we can throw the ball around a little bit and then get Anderson some running room. But from everything I'm hearing from people who know a lot more than I do and are in Bozeman, it sounds like Choate's going to stick with Anderson and stick with that game plan of having basically a linebacker-running back hybrid playing quarterback. So He's I, pretty much like Tim Tebow. He's a, right? if you watch like a, yeah, if you watch a game – and you, you saw his running style and the way he takes the snaps and just kind of the little draws, it looks 100% like Tebow. I'm looking at stats for the season. 
he literally about has the same completion percentage as one of our two options. The quarterback is actually better than has better yards per average than one of them. He's only thrown for one touchdown, but obviously the big difference there being the fact that he has 517 yards on the ground and seven touchdowns. That's, yeah, that's more than he's, our, our starting running back has. He is a beast, and he's actually been seeing some time at linebacker um, in that Eastern Washington game. They brought him in. So this is our starting quarterback. They brought him in and played some crucial third downs, um, kind of spying Gage Gabrud. And yeah. there was one play I remember vividly went up, kind of shed a, shed a block and took down Gabrud with one arm. Uh, went to the sideline and was uh, under center after they kicked a field goal. So he's an insane athlete, unbelievable athlete. A lot of people, I mean, might be wasting his talent at quarterback. He could be a pro linebacker, and he's a great running back. So uh, I kind of hope they figure that out and move him. But he's an amazing athlete. Yeah, because I was going to say, that's kind of the, the side of that argument is why you're probably also pulling for Tucker Rovig is even if he's maybe not the better quarterback, it's just how marginally worse – is he than Troy Anderson? Because mm-hmm. having Troy Anderson at one of those other two positions might benefit the team overall. Definitely. But obviously, quarter, quarterback's that important position. you got to have a guy that, that can win. And um, it looks like what, – what's up with the uh, Travis John, Johnson? Isn't he an Oregon transfer? So, yeah, he was a, a drop-down from Oregon. Uh, they, when Choate knew that Murray was going to basically be out this season because of his academics, they brought Johnson down – or they got Johnson – from Oregon, dropped down uh, during the fall camps or the spring camp fall camp, didn't win the job. I mean, Anderson won it straight up against Rovick and Johnson. So they moved Johnson to wide receiver. He's fast, but I have not seen anything that's been impressive this year at wide receiver. And when he came in to throw a couple passes, uh, they were pretty weak. He short armed them, had no confidence. Uh, I don't see him being much of a factor this season unless he really improves his play at the wide receiver position. Looking forward, who, who are some of the guys that Gamble fans should know, some numbers that are going to you know, be flying around the screen that we'll be aware of during um, the game? And kind of, I mean, how do, you, how do you see this game going? Because right now on the, the, the computer versus matchup, it's 37, Bobcats, 20, Idaho. So, I mean, we're, we're considered pretty heavy dogs in this, rightfully so. We have, we have not shown up this year. But, you know, I'm, I'm nervous to say I think it's going to be a lot closer than – this score prediction is going. I think no, by no means is it going to be an easy walk in the park, homecoming, and the way we're playing right now, and the fact that Montana State's starting to look to to get things going. But mm-hmm. uh, how, how do you kind of see this game going out, and who are some of the the players we should be keeping an eye on? Yeah, so I think I mean the interesting thing I've been thinking about this. I mean we had a whole bye week, so I get I got to think a lot about it. Um, Montana State has never hasn't really played like a a middle of the road team. Uh, we started out, you know, we had South Dakota. We got Western Illinois, so I guess that would be our first. We got a win against them, but since then, we went South Dakota State, who's another level. Uh, then we got Wagner, who is horrible. Then we got Portland State, who not good at all. And then we got Eastern Washington, who's now the number four team. And so there's, it, I haven't really been able to get a handle on what they're going to do in a game like this, where for the most part, two evenly matched teams, nobody's ranked. So I, I, I'm really actually interested to see how they come out in this game with it not being a number two or four team that they're playing and it not being two bottom of the FCS team. So that's not a really good answer because I think I'm looking forward just as much as anybody else is, is what they're going to do when they come out against a more evenly matched team than some of the teams that they've played, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, and definitely. I think that's how a lot of Vandal fans are kind of viewing this too is, you know, you, you can look at, 
our schedule much similar as yours in the fact that Fresno State is turning out to be a pretty quality FBS side this year. Then we played garbage Western New Mexico State, beat them. Uh, then we played Portland State. It was closer than it should have, but not considered a good team. And then our other two games are against arguably the two biggest surprises in the Big Sky this year in Idaho State and UC Davis. So yeah, right, yeah, they right are. Now easily. they're looking like contenders, but you know we'll see. It's a long season. They could turn out to be pretenders, but right now this is our first matchup on paper that looks like we could have a real shot at this one. But for Montana State fans, heck, who knows? This could be the game that makes you a contender like the other two. It seems like every time you beat Idaho, it's uh, a big shot up in the rankings. I know you guys are flirting around with playoff brackets and top 25 polls so right now this for your guys to say push you you know into the top 20 and hopefully yeah the playoff spot and it's a big it's i mean it's a huge game for for both teams this early I mean, yeah. we're, we're what week it'll be the cats third uh conference game idaho's fourth conference game i mean yeah. it's so huge for you uh for idaho to get back to two and two montana state needs to take that jump and and you know get above 500 in the conference going into a tough stretch of games so i mean like you said it's a it's a huge game, and each week you kind of see the big sky how it's going to start shaking out. And so this will be a this will be a huge one for Montana State. Obviously, leap against the team is probably pretty evenly matched. And I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it. And so that, that's kind of where we're we're coming down to this. I'm actually hopping on a plane Friday night. I'm headed to Bozeman first, awesome. first game in Bozeman. So when I'm there, what are the places I got to see? All right. Well, so a bunch of microbreweries right downtown on Main. I have a personal favorite on Main Street. It's White Dog. Brewery, microbrewery, White Dog, love it. Uh, they have great beer. Some people say that there's some better beers around there, but White Dog is right downtown, great atmosphere. Uh, if you want to do kind of the, it's the main bar in Bozeman, the Rockin' R bar, that's going to be your biggest Bobcat bar. I mean, I've gone there. It's, it's different than when I went there. It actually is an interesting tidbit about Bozeman. It blew up one time in probably 2008. Uh, basically, a whole city block in Bozeman exploded from a natural gas leak. Jeez. Yeah, and so about three bars, um, art galleries, some other places absolutely just got decimated, and they rebuilt it. It's a pretty nice bar now. It doesn't have the same atmosphere as it used to have, but the Rockin' R bar is probably the place you have to go when you're in Bozeman uh, on a game weekend. All right, so that would be, because obviously, you know, our, our namesake here is based off of the big bar in, in Moscow where we got all bunch of trophies, bunch of retired jersey numbers and everything like that. So mm-hmm. or is that kind of yeah. you want Bobcat history? I know it's the the Missoula Club or whatever in Missoula. Oh yeah, the Mo is, Club, yeah. It, That's a good spot. Is it is the yeah. Rock and R the spot to go or Well, I mean, I think I think it is. I think you're going to like that place. If you want to go, there's Spectator Sports Bar which is right on campus uh, across from the Brick Breeding Fieldhouse. So, Spectators hole in the wall, jerseys up there. Um goalposts from cat grizz games uh good food good drinks so spectators if you're looking for something right on campus nice and there's nice. actually two so, breweries uh, right around there right around there as well so you can go to specs get some food have a beer there and then a couple of breweries right right next door oh yeah I, I, i'm excited i took the uh the smart choice and decided to fly back monday so perfect I like you know rowdy game day saturday and a nice explore the city day Sunday. perfect and then you also you know the power hour at the crystal downtown you got to do that Dollar drinks at a, from oh, eleven so to midnight. That that's definitely a so must. the crystal uh, bar. In, any of your knowledge, is there any bars in Bozeman that sell Rainier beer? I, I the funny part is I actually when I was there for the Eastern Washington game, went to a uh, Korean barbecue place downtown and had Rainier. 
Whistle pig, uh, whistle, whistle pig. It's really good, by the way. You would think Korean barbecue yeah. in Montana, iffy. It's really good. Whistle pig, Korean barbecue. It'll be, it's good. And they have the yeah, reindeer. Last little thing. That's, that's the important part. Uh, so, you know, what, what fun game day traditions are there? Pretty much Bobcat tailgate. What do I need to see? Is there anything on campus or yeah. you know, a walk? Is, you know, a player mark? It's a great what, tailgate. Kind of this, tailgate yeah, what it's a great tailgate. This week will be awesome with it being homecoming. Uh, you'll have the student side as you're walking up to the stadium. You'll kind of have the students tailgate to your left, the alumni tailgates to your right. Awesome spots. And then there's the cat prowl. That I believe, I believe it's an hour before a game. They come from the the field house, which you'll notice, uh, the field house over to the stadium, and the um, the fans kind of line up and walk, watch them walk through. So that's the cat trial about an hour before the game, and then after that, it's just time to go get drinks anywhere you can. All right, so you, you know we we can't let you leave without a, a score prediction. All right, who do you, what do you think it's going to be? So I'm looking at our common opponent. Portland State. We put up 43 on them. You guys put up 20, but, you know, obviously got that win. Oh, man. I'm going to say 24 cats, 17 vandals. You know what? Right now, I, I'll, I'll take a seven-point spread. Well, uh, we want to thank Hot Take Nate for coming on the podcast this week. You can find him at um, it's Minty Hot Takes on Twitter. That's at Mince Hot Take N8. Uh, you can also follow them at MT Mint Sports. And make sure you, you know, check out their podcast. Check out their website, mon- MontanaMint.com. And, uh, you know, if you're really bored and want to follow up on the Grizz, the Grizz fan pod. The <laughs> if you're bored, they're, they're good well. for that boredom. Yeah, or if you want to tune in this um, week to see how they handle losing to Portland State at home. There's that, too. Yeah, that's true. That's, I mean, that's worth listening <laughs> to right there. And you get to hear about the Hotel Finland. <laughs> Next time I'm in Butte for St. Patty's. Day. You're staying there, right? I need that smooth operator. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, go go check out their podcast. We want to check. Uh, thanks, Nate, for ha- Definitely. coming on. And, uh, and have a blast uh, in Bozeman. my time in Bozeman. And, yeah, see, see you at a game here one of these Definitely. years. Definitely. We will make that happen. All right, TJ, we're, we're back. Um, I, I don't know if you heard, but uh, Hot Take Nate does not think we're going to pull out with a win here. Yeah, um, and you know that gives us a lot to talk about. Let's mm-hmm. let's talk about this game. Anything jumping off off the page to you, other than obviously great atmosphere, fun town to be in. Wish you were me at the game. Yeah, you know, yada yada. Well, yada. as as jealous I am that you are going to the game, I get to watch it on Root Sports. Uh, for what I can't remember the last time the Vandals were on Root Sports, but that's awesome. <laughs> there, there's not a lot of times I think since I've been a Vandal that we've had an opportunity to watch it on a broadcast like this where you know that all of the vandals have access to uh to view it which is really cool yeah no no more pluto and the, side note we make this a new segment judging pluto yeah um not great I again give, i give not, him, not great i give him c plus the start was rough but they so had- i'll say uc davis was an f yeah i will say the idaho game was like a c plus I, I'll agree with you. It was like a C minus. I give it a C plus. The start was rough. It's a passing grade. But from the uh, segment on Scott Van Pelt that had the uh, Northern Colorado and oh the bad UC, beats. Yeah, the UC Davis game. Wow, that, anything beats that. <laughs> I yeah. can't believe they showed that on ESPN. Yeah, 
Um, we're doing better than them. <laughs> but anyways, we're here to talk about the Bobcats. Um, this is a game to be excited for. I mean, I don't know. What oh, no, it was your root sports comment. Yeah. Not all the Vandals have root sports. I don't have root sports. Well, the Vandals who invest in a cable package would it's have... It's like nobody that currently goes to school there has DirecTV. Unless you're living in one of the fraternities that it's paid for. There's no one out of house that has got DirecTV. But there, it is a cable package within Boise, Oregon, Washington, you know. Root Sports is a, a, a northwest broadcasting channel. So yeah, I, so what if you're in Texas? What if you're in... Southern California, Which Arizona. You have issues with that they don't actually stream it live. But for you do, for you who do have root sports, uh, I'm very excited to uh, sit down on the couch and watch it with you, and also kind of you know take take it all in for what they have to say about the Vandals and and you know their their trip back to the Big Sky. Um, but you know it's kind of like something we say every week: is this is a game we need. Apparently now we need to step up to. Um, it seems like these Big Sky opponents as we have seen, are ready to play us and want to beat us. Um, every team does, but it kind of seems like we're not quite ready to play this schedule where it's all you know geographical rivals, and this is going to be a good game. It's going to be a fun game, and I think it's a good opportunity for us to you know stand up and say that we're actually something for this year. Yeah, so I'll agree with you in the fact that, um, one, I – Yes, Root Sports. It'll be nice to have an actual broadcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree with that. I Luckily, I'll be at the, all the Root Sports games this year, so I won't actually get to watch them all. And um, my my tape guy also said he's not able to get them. They're kind of difficult. Shout out to Mark Bronco on YouTube. He mm-hmm. is a he is a donkey, so bear with him. But man, he he's all over the place. He's tons. Anyways, um, so yeah, I'm excited about that. Uh, but. Man, this game is going to be tough, and you know this schedule's turned out to be a lot tougher than we thought it was going to be at the beginning of the year. But uh, don't fret not, all right? Come on, Vandals. This season is not over. I've seen so many people thinking we're out. Yeah, are 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 we back against the ropes? Yeah, we're back against the ropes. But I mean, if you look at the remaining schedule, if we beat Montana State, everyone's going all right. They beat Montana State, whatever. You know, you're three and three. Congrats. Then we beat Southern Utah. Well, Southern Utah, by this point, could still not have beaten anybody. It's our homecoming, whatever. Then if we go to Eastern Washington and beat Eastern Washington, who, pending a loss this week to Weber State, is probably going to be a top three, top two, possibly the top team in the country if North Dakota State slips up. We could possibly upset a number one team in Cheney with a lot of Vandals going. Tickets are sold out. They're bringing in extra seats. North Dakota could turn out to be a great program. They they have a big win against a top 15 team in Sam Houston State. Uh, they're coming to the KBL, and we could beat them. Also in reverse from us, you know, they're up to the FBS. We're yeah. down in the FCS. No, they're not in the FBS. They okay. No, no, no. They're moving to the Missouri Valley Conference. Right. Yeah. Then Montana, you know, Little Brown Stein. We beat Montana, who, yes, they lost this week, and a shocking loss to Portland State. But if we beat them, you know, that, that – Puts us in a, a really good spot. I mean, we'll be what would that be? Seven and three? Yeah, we'd be seven and three. You know, odds beating Florida doesn't matter at that point. We lose seven and four. I'm telling you right now, if we beat Montana State, Southern Utah, Eastern Washington, North Dakota, Montana, we beat those teams, and our only losses are to Idaho State, who's looking like they're going to go on and finish the season ranked and possibly play in the playoffs. UC Davis, who's looking like they might be able to win the Big Sky if we take down Eastern Washington, and you know they look good in the playoffs. 
Uh, I, there's no reason we won't be in it. If our two losses come down the teams that are in the top 15 come the end of the season and we beat everybody else, including a top five ranked Eastern Washington team, it's, it's not over. And you know what? Crazy stuff has happened. We could still win the conference and get an automatic bid. Now, is it likely? No. But, like, the season's not over. Yes, do I wish we could just go on and root for six wins and be 500 and play in a bowl? Yes, I think we all do. But a win against Montana State this week will be huge. And honestly, if we lose to Montana State, then really start reeling because it would be really hard to make the playoffs after that. We probably need to beat Florida. But Montana State is going to be a fun game. It's going to be televised. It's a game we're set up pretty well to play against them. And if we win this it should hopefully click, and we can power through the rest of our schedule. Um, so I'm looking for the team to come out and just really compete. And Troy Anderson is about as good of a thrower as Mason Petrino. So, I mean, I'm not too worried about him. It's going to be stopping the run. And like I said, we're the perfect team when I was talking to Nate because Caden Ellis is practically a copycat of Troy Anderson, except he's a senior and has tons of experience where Troy Anderson's a sophomore. Caden Ellis should be an All-American linebacker. Uh, he plays tight end. He plays a little fullback. He's probably, I didn't look at the height and weight, but he's probably bigger than Troy Anderson. I think the two Ellis's, yeah, I, I think we're really well set to stop Anderson. It's not going to be easy by any means. I really like this matchup, you guys. They, they can't do much throwing the ball much like we can't. And I think no matter who starts at quarterback in this game, we'll have a good shot because we just got to hand it off to our stable of backs. We got Isaiah Saunders. We got Tyrese Walker showing up. Jack Bamis has looked good in his limited playing time. We have Johnson, who should be a stud and just maybe needs some touches. If they have Troy Anderson running the ball all game long like they've had this previous season, I mean, we'll do all right. They're coming off a pretty... A deceiving score against Eastern Washington. It was it was a bigger blowout than it was, and they, they you know they they've got a bye coming into it. But it, I don't know. They, Nate's hoping that they start Tucker Rovig. I don't think they will. I think this game would just be. And if they do, I think this game's just too big for him. Mm-hmm. I think getting to play a team from Idaho, being from Idaho, maybe he forces some stuff. And he's a freshman. I if they don't start Troy Anderson, I don't think this game's competitive. I, I think Anderson's their start, which then takes away a really good running back option from them, which, if you look, he's by far their best running back. He has 517 yards compared to 292 by Afonso. I don't know. I, I really like our chances of our defense stacking up against our offense. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. <laughs> any, any input? Any any takeaways from my thoughts? You hit it all. Or, I am 100%. That's what you're saying? Yeah. You are the first person, I think, to ever agree with everything I've ever said. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, I mean, is there anything else you want to break down from the game? That was kind of a quick breakdown. but <laughs> You said it all. I mean, it's going to be exciting. I just hope, you know, we get fired up. This is one of the, another one of those things I said last week. This is a Big Sky game that these guys have to be excited to play in the Big Sky. Yeah. You know, this isn't messing around anymore with – is Idaho State good or not? It's it, it, that's over with. Yeah, this is our conference. You're playing a thoroughbred this in is, Big Sky. This, this is week. who we play every single year. And why don't we start off this you know this new series with a win and, and come out fighting? I would really enjoy that. And like you said, going through the season, it's a great start to uh, kind of win out. Hopefully, yeah. win out. When we made the drop, we wanted Montana. We wanted Montana State. They're here. These are the teams, I think, the, and Eastern are going to be the teams that these guys get up for. You better be up for because you. I don't think anybody on the team can tell me they really were up for UC Davis. They weren't up for Portland State. It looked like they are up against Idaho State, but, you know, it, it's time. Wake up. This is reality. 
senior leaders, grab these young guys or whatever and get a spark because this is a winnable game. This mm-hmm. is a coin toss game. Um, you know, in our projector that we have, the computer rankings, we're a 17-point dog. I, I don't think it's that. I think on five dimes we're a five-point dog in, in Vegas' terms. But, uh, you know, and it, I'm done betting on the Vandals, but that's one I could see is definitely covering and possibly winning. So, uh, TJ, keys to the game. Um, I would like to see our play calling be a little bit different. Um, I know we were still trying to figure out the quarterback situation this last game. It seems like it's kind of sorted itself out. But I think maybe this game rely rely a little bit more on the run game and, you know, rotate those guys in Isaiah and Ty Walker to – you know, control the game, control the clock, control our play. And, you know, we do have Colton to throw that deep ball, you know, Mason to come in and run that read option. But we need to do a better job of of overall controlling the game. And I think that starts with our run game with two great running backs we have. And it seems like, you know, obviously it's a little unsure with the quarterback, and that's a great opportunity to be stable and, you know, revolve around a, a game that we know and, and those two guys. Yeah, and you know, I was reading the Idaho Statesman article after the game, and it looks like both our quarterbacks got pretty dinged up. Mm-hmm. So this would be a great week to just feed the running backs. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't need to have either of these guys prove anything to me because, in my opinion, it's already over. Yeah. So Petrino wants to keep starting his kid. That's okay, but just feed the ball right. and to our, Isaiah Saunders. Our line know? did a great job of not – I mean, yeah, the protection was – you know, it, it was a long game. Protection was tough, but they created some big holes and pushed that line yeah. around yeah. – and you could runs. argue that they have a better defensive front than Montana State. Yeah. I don't think they do, but some people might say they would. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you look at my keys game last week. I said stop the Geller brothers. We, we obviously couldn't do that. Yeah. This week, it just stopped Troy Anderson. Um, I have faith in us being able to score points if we can just not let them down the field. It, I, like I said, I don't think Tucker Rovig can do it. Uh, it if Tucker Rovig's in. I really like our chances. If mm-hmm. Troy Anderson's in, it's it's a coin toss. Shut down Troy Anderson, and then I'm with you. I'm just going to piggyback on yours and have Isaiah Saunders carry me to a key mm-hmm. key to the game as well. Um, predictions, score. Yeah, I uh, I think what I've I've come to learn about this Vandal team is it's not going to be uh, these big blowout wins that uh, I'm really hoping for. I think it's going to be a, a little bit more of a battle. I think especially week to week from here on out. Uh, I'm going to go 20 to 17, the Vandals. Yeah, you know, I'm going to go 28 27. Um, and I, I'm going to go a little funky with it. I think somehow it's based off a missed extra point or a blocked extra point. I somehow think, I know they've had some kicking issues. I just think we both score four touchdowns. And I bet you three of them are on the ground. And then Colton Richardson and Jeff Cotton for the best quarterback to wide receiver duo in the nation. Um, so I think we score four. They score four, but somehow, some way, I don't know if it's maybe they're going for two at the end to win it or something weird like that. I just have a weird feeling about this game. Mm-hmm. And if I'm right, you owe me a tub. Mm. We do know it's going to be cold there. That's for sure. Already yeah, but cold in October. Welcome to Big Sky Country. There you go. <laughs> All right. To our favorite part of the week, TJ, hashtag ask. T-A-T-C. And we had, if you wanted to know if this was a rivalry game and people were upset about the Idaho State loss, we've had our biggest turnout we've ever had on a Tubbs at the Club Monday Ask T-A-T-C question. We asked, which loss, in your opinion, has been the worst? Fresno State, UC Davis, Idaho State. 
I had 182 votes in. TJ, who who would you pick before we get going? I I think that last week lost Idaho State. Was, Idaho State. Uh, you are one of the majority. Yeah. 94% of the poll picked Idaho State as the worst loss this season. I was one of the 4% to take UC Davis. You know, 2% took Fresno State. I honestly don't know who picked Fresno State. It'd be interesting to hear their their point of view, but, you know, I could see it. First game of the season, maybe set the tone. I picked UC Davis strictly on the point that, that, like I said, that game literally made me upset. That was a game I thought we had a shot in, and they literally came out flat. We did not come out flat in this game. We got the score run up on us. (laughs) Yeah, but we came out fired up. At the beginning, and that—that's the difference. UC Davis, I saw zero fight. It's four quarters. I, I saw fight in this game till mid third quarter when they were just getting stomped. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's why this is not as bad of a loss. I know I'm surprising people because most people probably thought I was going to go tear up the world mm-hmm. um, after this loss. I'm be happy. But mm-hmm. Brian Marceau, big big fan of the pod, always hitting us up with questions. I think I counted. He sent us four this week. Um, could. At Tubbs at the club, could you address how the entire Vandal fan base, me included, drastically underestimated the talent in the Big Sky? Eastern Washington, Idaho State, UC Davis could be playoffs teams, and a few others think they could be Montana and Weber State. Hashtag STATC. I think I think it's a great point because I thought the same exact way as you did, Brian. And you know, obviously coming into the season, I had no idea what you know, this team was going to look like playing these guys or what these teams were going to look like, but I completely agree that I underestimated every single game so far. Yeah. And I think it's a, it is, you know, it is a little bit shocking that we're not, you know, not only winning these games, but kind of, you know, beating down these guys. But it, maybe it kind of humbles us. To I think that's what's kind of going on is that we're realizing we're not prepared to play in this, you know, local kind of really tough, strong conference. Um, that knows every every team in it and how they play, and we're just not quite ready for these teams yet. But I completely agree. I did not expect this, uh, you know, these teams to come out and, and you know give us a punch and, and you know put up some serious points against us. Yeah, and and he kind of follows it up with a, a good question. I want to bring up. He said, "Who are the Big Sky playoff teams?" I'd say Eastern Washington, Idaho State, and UC Davis look good. Montana, NAU, Weber, and Montana State are on the outside looking in. Need a couple of things to go our way. Hashtag STADC. Notice that the solid teams in the league, it's a damn good league. And just to kind of reference this, because I know somebody else brought this up. Somebody asked if this was – I can't find it right now, but uh, asked if this was a single bid league this year because it, it, is it a dumpster fire are, are we going to only get one bid out of the Big Sky this year? Um, so let's start with that. How many teams do you think make it? I think obviously more than one. I, I, I don't think the Big Sky, even with the Montana loss, is a one-bid one team or conference. That's that's ridiculous. That's like saying the Pac-12 this year is only going to get one bowl. Like Even in down years, we're, we're a top conference. We're still considered good. Um, so who would you be putting in? The playoffs right and now. I think another point, end of the year. Who's going to be in it? I think another point is for how these playoffs work. I am very, you know, I have no expectations. I have no idea how they're going to stack up either way, um, especially for this first year that seems to be kind of taken off by UC Davis and Idaho State. Think well for sure it's going to be Eastern. Depending on their schedule, if they went out, I for sure think them. They have a really talented team and a talented quarterback. Um, I think it's going to be UC Davis that's in there um, based on kind of their wins and, and how they're handling their season and going throughout it. 
I, you know, it, it would be kind of cool, exciting to see Idaho State get in there, but I'm not quite sure of how they might teeter the uh, that last bid. I don't, I don't know if they'll quite get in. Yeah, so my team's I'm going Eastern. I think Eastern gets a seeded, seeded berth into the playoffs, probably wins the big sky. I'm pending, you know, I know Gubert's fighting through some injury right now, but um, I think they'll be all right. And, you know, they just smoked a team uh, last weekend with, with the backup. Uh, so I'll go. I'll take Eastern. I'll take UC Davis because you know I've I've been a component of theirs all along. I think Montana pulls it together, and then I think Montana State and I probably bat, or us battle out for fourth bid. I think the rest of the league beats itself up. Idaho State and UC Davis play each other this week. Um, I'll save my pick for later, but I think enough of these teams that are kind of above us right now are about to beat the living crap out of each other, as the Big Sky does every year. And I think somehow we're sitting there, and it's us and Montana State. Battling for you know that last playoff spot, which is why this game is so big right now. Is I think those this game could be a a big decider in it because yeah, I mean I I don't know how it goes. Obviously, it's weird with Idaho State and UC Davis being really up there, but uh, I I think that's how we are. You don't think Idaho makes the playoffs right now, so I want to ask this next question from Brian just to you, and then we'll probably move past Brian's for a second, even though he has a ton of really good ones. Mm -hmm. If you ask good questions, it's hard not to just do a bunch of yours. So, at Brian Marceau, Tubbs of the Club, we need to reframe success for us this year. The playoffs are out of the question. What defines success for this team for the rest of the year? Don't say winning. Hashtag Uh, AskTATC. And always love Brian's questions. They're always really awesome. I, I think a lot of it kind of depends on how the rest of the conference does. Um, it, it seems like there's that top tier of the conference that you really know has a good chance of making it, and then that bottom tier who really is struggling to, you know, even even kind of put up a fight. But then we saw again this weekend Portland State beating Montana. But let me let me kind of because I see you're you're getting a little too down the playoff hole here. He wants to know how do we frame our what's success for us the rest of the season? Yeah. Is, like you know, is that picking a quarterback? Is that and you can't say winning? Yeah. Is it solidifying the quarterback? Is it? That's a great question. And I beating Florida, like I, I think that's what he's getting at. Is you're on his side at the playoffs rather the question. And so I, for I, me, I can't answer this because for me, it's still playoffs. Yeah. But that I think it does come down to you know going with a quarterback and not switching back and forth, but you know being confident in it. Um, one thing I don't think we really touched on against Idaho State is, yes, so you know Mason and Colton are friends, but it seems like every time they go in there, they're unsure, uncertain if they're going to come out the next play or will they have, you know, second down or will they have the whole series and and really you know having that confidence of knowing that they can finish a drive without being yanked or switched is a big thing as well. But also I think a little bit comes from the play calling from the coaches as well. Um, it seemed like our defense was not really running the right stuff or really ready to what their offense was about to throw. Um, so I, I think that's kind of a big one. It is what, what, what the play calls are as well. Yeah, and so that's a great transition in the fact that Wax Party Pants, if I was in your boat, nailed it. Little Brownstein. We're not going to make the playoffs. We better beat Montana. Um, I would also take an upset over Cheney or, and a win against Florida. Actually, you know what? I don't want to win against Florida. I do, but like I'd rather beat Eastern or beat Montana at this point. So that's how I would answer that. But uh, tying into his question, 
At, he actually wants to ask Sean Kramer, um, so I'll read his, but sort of called out, or he tags him, sorry. Sean, SK, at SK writes, Sean, sort of called the first year struggles. Are we overreacting to the dumpster fire, or should we be concerned that we have one of the biggest budgets and the best paid staffs and still stink? Hashtag AskTATC. At six likes. This was a popular one. Yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily call it a dumpster fire, but I don't think we were expecting what was going to happen to us this season. Uh, I think a lot of the people, a lot of Vandals thought that this was going to be kind of a cakewalk for the first season, and we end up with a playoff berth. But no team in the Big Sky wants to see us do that. Uh, so that's kind of the, uh, you know, what we're overcoming right now is knowing that we're we're the team to beat, not because we're ranked, because we're the new guys on the block, and this is what, you know, we're going to have to face for the rest of the year. I wouldn't call it a dumpster fire with where we're at in the season, um, and there's no reason to give up hope. I would say right now, for where we're at in the season, it's a dumpster fire, but luckily fires can be put out and dumpsters can still be used. I'm not overly concerned. Sean actually nails it in his response. He says, the staff remained, the player transfers were kept to a minimum, this is not acceptable. I would agree with that. We should have beat UC Davis, we should have beat Iowa State. We should be rolling into the, the Montana State game. Um, and a lot of guys had great comments. Uh, Martin said, I don't think we realized how much he was going to play his son. Obviously, that affects it a bunch. Nick Stutzman said, or how much we would run man-to-man defense, no matter how many times our DBs get beat. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff to that question. It's a very loaded question. But, yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone thought our struggles would be this bad, even I, but um, – yeah, it's, it's definitely concerning. Uh, Lieutenant Dangle at Ben Evanson. I believe he's commenting like stuff. I think this is his first hashtag, AskTATC, so we'll read both of them. What are your guys' projected Final Four right now for the playoffs, and what does James Madison losing to Elon mean for the Duke's title chances? I was going to go North Dakota State, South Dakota State, JMU, Jacksonville. But, you really like Jacksonville State, but that's don't you? that's yeah, just kind of overview with who I would go for. I don't think that jam you lost. I mean, it's gonna fire him up and get ready to yeah come in next week. Um, so obviously we, we don't know how the brackets are gonna turn out, and I think that's kind of the weird part with like you said the JM, James Madison loss. Um, I don't think I don't want to say there's politics involved, but. I'm pretty sure the selection committee is going to try to put North Dakota State and JMU on opposite sides of the bracket. Yes, I know two years ago when JMU won it, they're on the same side or whatever. But, yeah, two years ago, it wasn't selling the way it is. Those two teams both want to go there. Both of them have bought tickets. If they have the opportunity for those two to match up, the way this season's been talked about, if those are the two all along, in a way they quasi want this. So I think those two are on opposite sides of the bracket. So whether that means the Dukes now get a a three for being a two-loss team where Eastern could possibly roll in with one loss and be a two. So I'm going to go probably, like you said, but replace um, Jacksonville with Eastern. I think you have North Dakota State versus South Dakota State in the semis because that will sell, and a lot of people want to see Jacksonville or South Dakota State get another shot at North Dakota State. And then I think you get Eastern versus James Madison. I think, honestly, those are the games that would sell the most, and you know it's kind of a cop-out answer, but I think if – you're a fan of the FCS playoffs. Those are probably the four best teams. And, you know, two 
really good matchups leading into whoever met each other, Eastern versus South Dakota, JMU North, whatever way you cross that is still going to be a good championship game with a lot of people wanting to go to it. Lieutenant Dangle at Benton Evanson, E-V-E-N-S-E-N. What do you guys make of the Portland of Portland State beating Montana for their first win over an NCAA school in two years? Was expecting Idaho to be a fringe at large team in the playoff chase too high of expectations to begin with. I just don't think this they'd be this bad. Hashtag AskTATC. We kind of covered the playoff part, so folks on the first half of the question. Thoughts, takeaways, Montana? Uh, I think it's kind of exciting for the big sky. I mean, it makes it look like us look better. Uh, yeah, I mean, us and uh, Hot Tech Nate brought it up, uh, you know. When Idaho and Montana State beat Portland State and Portland State beats them in their place, that's a win for Idaho and Montana State. Mm-hmm. So I'm shocked. Uh, we were actually watching the Vandal game, and I keep going, dude, look at this, look mm-hmm. at this, like throwing it up on my phone. Forgot that it's also on Pluto, and we could have just jumped over Switched, to it. Yeah. Um, so we did when the Idaho game got bad. But, man, what a game. That was It was exciting. Uh, if you watched it, it was good. I, feel, I almost feel bad for the Grizzlies because it was homecoming. I never like teams losing on homecoming, but – you know, things things happen. Hashtag. Oh, from our good friend Kyler Neal, at Neal, that's K-N-E-A-L-E underscore 88. Hashtag Ask TATC. Idaho is now 1-2 and two versus the Big Sky this year and have been outscored 113 to 69. Do you think Idaho would be playing better for Sunbelt opponents? Um, that's a really good question. I think Before they would- you answer it. Our good friend, Brian Marceau, at Tubbs of the Club. Check out the overlap in the Sargon rankings between the Sun Belt and the Big Sky. Can you talk about the myth of this being a competition step-down? Hashtag AskTATC. They're both kind of similar, both really good questions that can be tackled from multiple points. So sorry I threw the double-question curveball at you again, but I don't know. I felt like they tied, tied in well. Sun Belt, Big Sky, differences, how we're doing, TJ. I think a lot of the games that our players are kind of, you know, giving up on or not looking as an opponent would be different when we would play in the Sun Belt. I think a lot of the games that people are saying, oh, you know, why aren't we at this record or why why haven't we, you know, stepped up to these teams is it was different playing those Sun Belt teams. That was a game that those Sun Belt teams didn't know sometimes even where Idaho was or what our team was, and we would show up and, you know, we would want to make a name for ourselves. Now we're on the other end where we're saying, you know, where's Pocatello? How do we get to Bozeman? And these teams are so ready to, you know, step up and get a win out of it from us that, you know, it's just a different situation. My personal opinion is I think we would have a little bit better record playing in the Sun Belt just because the guys that we recruited are the guys that expected to play throughout there. from the South. Yeah, and... Um, you know those games are just a little bit. They're a little bit different. I, I, you know, watching Matt Linehan playing those games, he knew that he wanted to go out there and beat those guys just because they had no idea who. Yeah, he that's was what the scouts are. They're yeah. down at those games, this right? Some help puts out, right? And um, you know these games are a little bit different where we're just you know we're kind of figuring out where we stand in this new conference. I've said this and I've pro- talked about it probably repeated already on this podcast, but. And I think it absolutely shows in the fan vote we did. We got stopped by Fresno State, and I'm surprised. Last time I checked, no one had voted for it. So eventually some votes trickled in. People would rather lose to a Fresno State, mm-hmm. a 
Florida Atlantic, a UL Lafayette, an Arkansas State, a Texas State, a Law Tech, name any former Sun Belt WAC team we had ever played, UTEP, we would rather lose to those teams than lose to Idaho State. We would rather lose to those teams than probably beat Idaho State. I have a dream scenario where enough of the big sky moves up and we have a new whack. But we're years away from that. Eastern Washington needs to be, you know, better and more facilities. Uh, the Montana schools are ready. They just need to commit. You have to convince the, all four Dakota schools this is a good idea. And you can make a pretty good conference. You'd probably have to bring in New Mexico State. But, you know what, that, that's years away. And you know what, the way we're playing, we might get left in the dust. But I would rather lose to one of those teams then lose to Southern Utah or Northern Arizona or Cal. Any school not named Montana, Montana State, Eastern, I really don't give two Fs about in the, in the big sky, if we're going to be honest. And that was my whole thing when we made the jump. I don't care about Weber State. I, I care about those three teams, and that's it. Did I care about the teams in the Sun Belt? No. I mean, I like playing App State, but it was the fact that you're nationally there. And even little things like being on EA Sports NCAA football. like that or, That's an FBS thing. I, I miss the FBS. I'm not going to lie. And one thing we were noticing on Sunday was, you know, watching NFL football was being like, oh, you know, that guy went to Georgia State. Or, yeah, you know, never got it. I'm like, oh, Georgia Who's Southern, that? he played he, in the Kibbe Dome. Dome. And, and we played him away. And starting and on the Rams at tight end. Right. And, yeah, it, there's a lot of good Sunbelt guys out there, mm-hmm. you know, and same when you're playing in the whack. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of good whack guys. Cordell Patterson, um, another great wide receiver. I believe he's playing for New England right now. Law Tech, he played in the Kibbe Dome. Derek we, Carr. Yeah, Derek Carr, <laughs> Kaepernick. Like, we've had uh, – it, it was just different. And mm-hmm. I'm I miss it, but um, yeah, the Big Sky comp- competition-wise is above the Sun Belt in some areas. Yeah. And um, you know, I've, I've actually talked to. It's funny that Kyler Neal brings this up. He, he always wants to know how I think the top half of the Sun Belt would do, or the top half of the Big Sky would do in the Sun Belt. And I honestly don't think any of them would give Appalachian State a run for their money right now. Some of the other teams, you know, I I think. The top half could compete in the bottom half for sure. UL Monroe, UL Lafayette, some of these teams that are struggling, South Alabama, yes. But like Troy and App State are a whole different beast. Arkansas State when they're rolling, like, yeah, Eastern could compete, maybe Montana, but like it wouldn't be – they're not going to win. I don't think they, Eastern would win the conference. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm happy to be in the big sky. I just wish the big sky was FBS. And I don't know. We'll move on to that. And we'll end our hashtag STATCs because it's been long, but you guys have had so many questions. By John Mortensen at JPMort1, my favorite listener because he thinks I'm right. After a night at the Corner Club, where is your favorite place to get breakfast? Hashtag STATC. It's and different than Martin's question. Mm-hmm. Martin asked what we ordered from the breakfast club. Uh, I, I'm still a bagel shop guy. That's me through and through. Uh, I mean, I, I, you know, I appreciate waiting in line for the breakfast club, and it's always good, but I'm a bagel shop guy. Uh, my answer, my favorite place to get breakfast after a night at the corner club is a Bloody Mary and popcorn from the corner club. 
But if they're not open yet, I go to the Breakfast Club. So that's it for hashtag AskTATC. A lot of fantastic questions this week, guys. Please keep them up. If you want your questions asked, use hashtag AskTATC. They can be fun and interesting like John's. They can be serious like Kyle's. Or they can be totally downer ones that you want us to try to pick you up like wax party pants this week. But we're here for you. Hashtag AskTATC. Fire away, and we'll answer the best ones every week. Corner stool takes TJ. I don't know why they're so late, but we still owe some corner stool takes. Um, none this week. I'm still on the turnover. Turnover. That's where mine is. And I think we get it this week. It's the week it makes no sense. I think we get a pick in the game where there'll be probably very minimal throwing the ball. I don't know how. And I think it's Dorian Clark. He makes a comeback. But we'll move on from the corner stool takes to watching the TV because this podcast is getting long. So we're aware of the pace. We're going to pick it up and hopefully end it here for you guys quick. Our games of the week. TJ, who you got? My watch on the TV game of the week is on Root Sports at 1 o'clock p.m. Pacific time, 2 Mountain time, Idaho versus Montana State. Well, all right. Can you give me any other ones? Nope. That's the one I'm watching. Well, there's two good games that everyone else can uh, watch this weekend. You have Idaho State versus UC Davis. Obviously a game that has some vandal rooting interest. Which one of the biggest surprises in the big sky that have snuck up to kick our butts um, is the best? That one's played at UC Davis. Uh, and then also you got a really good matchup this week. Number four, Eastern Washington, is traveling to number 12, Weber State. So, big game there. It, it, it's kind of probably the last challenge Eastern's really going to have unless we can give them one. So, uh, if you're kind of rooting for Eastern to lose, that, that, that's, your, that's your game right there. This week, FCS Fans Nation pick them. Last week, I went 4-4. Four and four. TJ went 3-5. and five. This week, Columbia versus Penn. Columbia. I'm picking Penn. Florida A&M, FEMU versus North Carolina A&T. The school from Drumline, North Carolina A&T. I'm taking North Carolina A&T as well. Eastern Washington versus Weber State. Eastern. I'm taking Eastern as well. I almost picked Weber, mm. but I just really don't see him pulling out. I'm not a big Weber believer. Uh, Morgan State versus Savannah State. Savannah. I'm taking Savannah as well. This one kills me. Chattanooga versus Western Carolina. I'm going to go with Martin and Chattanooga. Chattanooga has burned me three weeks in a row. They're not going to make it four. Mm-mm. I'm taking Chattanooga. Elon versus Delaware. Elon. Not so fast, my friend. You've been waiting for that one. I'm taking Delaware. I would. Lee Corso is my spirit animal. Uh, Stetson versus Drake. I'm going Drake. I am also started from the bottom. Now they're here. Uh, Idaho State versus UC Davis. That's a good game. That's, a, that's game of the week on FCS Fans Nation. UC Davis. I'm taking UC Davis as well. Last week, Big Sky, I went two and four. Bad week for Chris. TJ went three and three. Martin went three and three. TJ, number two or number twenty-two, Montana versus North Dakota. Uh, I'm coming off the loss. I'm going to go with the Grizz. I am also going to take the Grizz. Northern Colorado versus Portland State. Another even match game. Uh, Portland State. I'm actually taking Northern Colorado. Portland mm-hmm. State got theirs last week. Northern Colorado's hunting games better than you think they would this year. I'm taking the Bears. They're covering the spread. Sac State versus Southern Utah. Uh, I, 
That is a team I've been burned on multiple times this year. I'm going to go with the Bees, Sac State. Yeah, I'm going buzz, buzz. Go Sac State. All right, TJ. Closing time. Time mm-hmm. to close the bar. Time for our shameless plugs. What is going on in your life, TJ? Or what do you want the people to know? Uh, one thing I'd like to touch on is whoever stole the shuffleboard puck. You are the most hated person in Moscow. Oh, my goodness. That is ridiculous. How you, Do you have... Any respect. It's probably a Bronco. For that place. I mean, come on. I, I mean, now it's more shame. I think you just don't want to be known around Moscow no. as the guy who stole the puck. No, I think you quit at life. Uh, other plug, uh, got a good family friend who goes to Montana State, William Dean. Hope to see you on Root Sports. You better be at the game. Yeah, I hope uh, I hope whoever stole that puck did return it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you better run yourself out of town. Yeah, so my plug is I will also be in the game at the game in Bozeman this weekend, and then you can listen to myself on the Montana Mint podcast this week. Right after we recorded with Hot Take Nate, he actually had me on their show, and I recorded with them. Pretty much the same questions I asked him right back at me, so watch me go on the defensive as I try to back Idaho to a little bit more aggressive fan than the lovely Vandals here, but uh, it, it was fun. I think it was a good show, and I think you guys would all really enjoy it, so make sure you check out the Montana Mint podcast, and if you're bored, go check out the JV Grizz, pod- Grizz podcast. But yeah, that's it. Thanks again, everyone, for giving us well over 60 minutes this week of your time. It's time to take out those earbuds. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, you know, it was good information, though. I don't think anyone thinks it was too long. If you think it was too long, let us know. We'll make sure to try to keep them shorter for sure going forward. But uh, homecoming podcast. So uptick no matter what. We got homecoming next week. That one should be a blast. Hope to see a lot of you guys there. And we're working on big news, basketball. We will have or start at least – the basketball coverage here soon will be coming out with a preview. So make sure you stay tuned for that, and we'll kind of see if you guys like it or not. Anyways, it is now time for the best band in all the land to play us out and look for a special band-centric podcast coming out on Monday for Homecoming. Anyways, thanks for tuning in, you guys. Go Bandles. And there is no fear.